Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the podcast. Charles Wolfe. Charles Wolfe. Swims of the mammoth, she says. So, Charles Wolfe was an Irish poet who died at 31 from consumption or tuberculosis, contracted from a cow. Bovine tuberculosis is usually passed to a human by drinking unpasteurized milk from an infected cow. Pasteurization of milk did not come into being until 1862. TB is now treated with antibiotics, which were not available until the 20th century. We came a long way, didn't we? Now we pasteurize our milk, and we take penicillin if we drink the wrong cow stuff. That's all we've got to say about Charles Wolfe's short life. Ripped out a few poems, though. So good on him. And then he died of tuberculosis, which is awful. But so did like one third of all people or something like that at that time. It was crazy amounts of people. Today's poet, Percy Baishi Shelley, was born in 1792 and died in 1822. So at uh, 30 years old, I wonder if it's another TB case. Now, is this Shelley? Yeah, this is the... This Shelley is the husband of Mary Shelley. Part of the little clique with our um, Lord Byron, Shelley, the Shelleys. I don't know if there is any Mary Shelley in, um, in this book. Probably not. I don't know if she wrote poems, but she definitely wrote Frankenstein. And um, it's a fantastic story behind Frankenstein. First of all, she wrote it when she was like uh, 18 or something. She wrote Frankenstein, which is just unfair because it is insanely good. Uh, And it was sort of, there's some story behind it. And I'm just kind of riffing because I can't remember exactly. But it was like they had a bit of a bet going on on who could write the best, like, monster story. Uh, and so, just on a whim, she whipped up Frankenstein um, at 18. So, anyway, when you read Frankenstein, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, this person can really write. The writing is fantastic. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Mary, we're talking about old Percy Boy. The first poem is called Hymn of Pan. From the forests and highlands we come, we come from the river's girt islands where loud waves are dumb, listening to my sweet pipings, the wind in the reeds and the rushes, the bees on the bells of the thyme, the birds on the myrtle bushes, the cicale above in the lime, and the lizards below in the grass. Where, as silent as ever, old Timolus was listening to my sweet pipings. Liquid Peneus was flowing, and all dark temp lay, in Pallion's shadow outgrowing the light of the dying day. Speeded by my sweet pipings, the Selene and Sylvans and Fauns, and the nymphs of the woods and waves, to the edge of the moist river lawns, and the brink of the dewy caves, and all that did then attend and follow, were silent with love, as you now, as you know, Apollo, with envy of my sweet pipings. I sang of the dancing stars, 
I sang of the daedal earth, and of heaven, and the giant wars, and love, and death, and birth, and then I changed my pipings, singing how down the vale of Menelaus I pursued a maiden and clasped a reed. Gods and men, we are all deluded thus. It breaks in our bosom, and then we bleed. All wept, as I think both ye now would. If envy or age had not frozen your blood at the sorrow of my sweet pipings. The Invitation Best and brightest come away, fairer far than this fair day, which, like thee to those in sorrow, comes to bid a sweet good morrow to the rough year just awake, in its cradle on the break, the brightest hour of unborn spring through the winter wandering, found, it seems, the halican morn to hoar February born, Bending from heaven in azure mirth, it kissed the forehead of the earth and smiled upon the silent sea and bade the frozen streams be free and waked the music all their fountains and breathed upon the frozen mountains and like a prophetess of May strewed flowers upon the barren way making the wintry world appear like one on whom thou smilest, dear. Away, away from men and towns, the wild wood and the downs in the silent wilderness where the soul needs not repress its music lest it should not find an echo in another's mind while the touch of nature's art harmonizes heart to heart i leave this notice on my door for each accustomed visitor i am gone into the fields to take what this sweet hour yields reflection you may come tomorrow sit by the fireside with sorrow you with the unpaid bill despair you tiresome verse reciter care I will pay you in the grave. Death will listen to your stave. Expectation to be off today is for itself enough. Hope in pity mock not woe. With smiles nor follow where I go. Love, sorry, long, having lived on your sweet food. At length I find one moment's good. After long pain, with all your love, this you never told me of. Radiant sister of the day, awake, arise, and come away to the wild woods and the plains and the pools where winter reigns. Image all their roof of leaves, where the pine its garland weaves, of sapless green and ivy dun, round stems that never kiss the sun, where the lawns and pastures be, and the sand hills of the sea. When the melting hoar frost wets, the daisy star that never sets, and wind flowers and violets, which yet joy not sent to hue, crown the pale year weak and new. When the night is left behind in the deep east, dun and blind, and the blue noon is over us, and the multitudinous billows murmur at our feet, where the earth and ocean meet, and all things seem only one in the universal sun. Hellas The world's great age begins anew, the golden years return, the earth doth like a snake renew, her winter weeds outworn, Heaven smiles and faiths and empires gleam like wrecks of a dissolving dream. A brighter hallows rears its mountains from waves serene far. A new Peneus rolls his fountains against the morning star. Where fairer tempers bloom there sleep young cyclades and a sunnier deep. A loftier Argo cleaves the main, fraught with a later prize. Another Ophius sings again, and loves and weeps and dies. A new Ulysses leaves once more, Calypso for his native shore. Oh, write no more the tale of Troy, if earth death's scroll must be. 
nor mix with Lalian rage, Lalian rage and joy, which dawns upon the free, although a subtler sphinx for new riddles of death Phoebus never knew. Another Athens shall rise, and to remoter time bequeath like sunset to the skies the splendour of its prime, and leave, if naught so bright may live, all earth can take, or heaven can give. Saturn and love their long repose shall burst, more bright and good than all who fell, than one who rose, than many are unsubdued. Not gold, not blood, their altered dowers, but votive tears and symbol flowers, O cease. Must hate and death return? Cease. Must men kill and die? Cease. Drain not its dregs to earn or bitter prophesy. The world is weary of the past, or might it die, or rest at last. To a skylark. Hail to thee, blithe spirit, bird thou never wert, that from heaven, or near it, pourest thy heart, full heart, in profuse strains of unpremeditated art. Higher still and higher from the earth thou springest like a cloud of fire, the blue deep thou wingest, and singing still dost soar, and soaring ever singest, in the golden lightning of the sunken sun, over which clouds are brightening, thou dost float and run like an unbodied joy whose race is just begun. The pale purple even melts around thy flight, like a star of heaven in the broad daylight. Oh, bless you. Thou art unseen, but yet I hear thy shrill delight. Keen as are the arrows of that silver sphere whose intense lamp narrows in the white dawn near, until we hardly see, we feel that it is there. All the earth and air with thy voice is loud, as when night is bare from one lonely cloud, the moon rains out her beams, and heaven is overflowed. What thou art, we know not. What is most like thee? From rainbow clouds there flow not drops so bright to see, as from thy presence showers a rain of melody, like a poet hidden in the light of thought, singing hymns unbidden, till the world is wrought to sympathy with hopes and fears it heeded not, like a high-born maiden in a palace tower, soothing her lover laden, soul in secret hour with music sweet as love which overflows her bower. Like a glowworm golden in a dell of dew, scattering unbeholden in aerial hue among the flowers and grass which screen it from the view. Like a rose embowered in its own green leaves, by warm winds deflowered till the scent it gives makes faint with too much sweet these heavy winged thieves. Sound of vernal showers on the twinkling grass, rain awakened flowers, all that ever was, joyous and clear and fresh, thy music doth surpass. Teach us. Sprite or bird, what sweet thoughts are thine? I have never heard praise of love or wine that panted forth a flood of rapture so divine. Chorus, hymeneal or triumphal chant matched with thine would be all but an empty vaunt. A thing wherein we feel there is some hidden want. What objects are the fountains of thy happy strain? What fields or waves or mountains? What shapes of sky or plain? What love of thine own kind? What ignorance of pain? With thy clear, keen joyance, Langor cannot be. Shadow of annoyance never came near thee, thou lovest, but never knew love's sad satiety. Waking or asleep, thou of death must deem, things must 
more true and deep than we mortals dream. Or how could thy notes flow in such a crystal stream? We look before and after and pine for what is not. Our sincerest laughter with some pain is fraught. Our sweetest songs are those that tell of saddest thought. Yet if we could scorn hate and pride and fear, if we were things born not to shed a tear, I know not how thy joy we ever should come near. Better than all measures of delightful sound, better than all treasures that in books are found, thy skill to poet were, thou scowl scorner of the ground. Teach me half the gladness that thy brain must know, such harmonious madness from my lips would flow. The world should listen then, and as I am listening now. This one is called The Moon, Part 1. And, like a dying lady lean and pale, who totters forth, wrapped in a gauzy veil, out of her chamber, led by the insane and feeble wanderings of her fading brain, the moon arose up in the murky east, a white and shapeless mass. Part 2. Art thou pale for weariness of climbing heaven and gazing on the earth, wandering companionless among the stars that have a different birth, and ever-changing like a joyless eye that finds no object worth its constant sigh. Constancy. This one's called Ode to the West Wind, Part 1. O wild west wind, thou breathe of autumn's being, thou from whose unseen presence the leaves dead are driven like ghosts from an enchanter fleeing, yellow and black and pale and hectic red, pestilence-stricken multitudes, O thou who chariotest to their dark wintry bed. The winged seeds, where they lie cold and low, each like a corpse within its grave, until thine azure sister of the spring shall blow, her clarion over the dreaming earth, and fill driving sweet buds like flocks to feed in air, with living hues and odours plain and hill. Plain and hill. Wild spirit, which art moving everywhere, destroyer, and preserver here, O here. Part 2. Thou on whose stream, amid the steep sky's commotion, lose clouds, loose clouds like earth's decaying leaves are shed, shook from the tangled bows of heaven and ocean, angels of angles, angles? Angels of rain and lightning there are spread on the blue surface of thine airy surge, like the bright hair uplifted from the head. Of some fierce menade, even from the dim verge of the horizon to the zenith's height, the locks of the approaching storm, thou dirge of the dying year to which this closing night will be the dome of a vast sepulchre, vaulted with all thy congregated might, of vapours from whose solid atmosphere black rain and fire and hail will burst, O oh, here. Part 3. Thou who didst waken from his summer dreams, the blue Mediterranean where he lay, lulled by the coil of his crystalline streams, beside a pumice isle in Bay's Bay, and saw in sleep old palaces and towers. What the heck? And saw in sleep old palaces and towers. I don't know why my phone is speaking. Where was I up to? Um, palaces and towers, quivering with the waves' intenser day, 
all overgrown with azure moss and flowers so sweet the sense faints picturing them thou for whose path the atlantic's level powers cleave themselves into chasms while far below the sea blooms and oozy woods which wear the sapless foliage of the ocean no thy voice and suddenly grow grey with fear and tremble and despoil themselves oh here four if i were a dead leaf thou mightest bear if i were a swift cloud to fly with thee a wave to pant beneath thy power and share the impulse of thy strength only less free than thou o controllable if even i were as in my boyhood and could be the comrade of thy wanderings over heaven as then when to outstrips thy ski speed scarce seemed a vision i would never have striven as thus with thee in prayer in my sore need o oh, lift me as a wave a leaf a cloud i fall upon the thorns of life i bleed a heavy weight of hours has chained and bowed like one too like thee tameless and swift and proud part five make me thy lyre even as the forest is what if my leaves are falling like its own the tumult of thy mighty harmonies will take from both a deep autumnal tone sweet though is in sadness be thou spirit fierce my spirit be thou me impetuous one driven my dead thoughts over the universe like withered leaves to quicken a new birth and by the incantation of this verse scatter as from an unextinguished hearth ashes and sparks my words among mankind be through my lips to awakened earth unawakened earth the trumpet of a prophecy o wind if winter comes can spring be far behind the indian serenade i arise from dreams of thee in the first sweet sleep of night when the winds are breathing low and the stars are shining bright I arise from dreams of thee, and a spirit in my feet hath led me, who knows how, to thy chamber window, sweet. The wandering airs, they faint, on the dark, the silent stream, and the champak's odours pine like sweet thoughts in a dream. The nightingale's complaint, it dies upon her heart, as I must on thine, O beloved as thou art. O lift me from the grass, I die, I faint, I fail, let thy love in kisses rain on my lips and eyelids pale my cheeks in cold and white alas my heart beats loud and fast oppress it to thine own again where it will break at last night swiftly walk over the western wave spirit of night out of the misty eastern cave where all the long and lone daylight Thou wovest dreams of joy and fear which make thee terrible and dear, swift be thy flight. Wrap thy form in a mantle grey, star inwrought. Blind with thine hair, the eyes of day, kiss her until she be wearied out. Then wander over city and sea and land, touching all thine opiate wand, come long sought. When I arose and saw the dawn, I sighed for thee. When light rode high and the dew was gone, the noon lay heavy on flower and tree, and the weary day turned to her rest, lingering like an unloved guest. I sighed for thee. Thy brother death came and cried, Wouldst thou me, thy sweet child, sleep? The filmy-eyed murmured like a noontide bee, Shall I nestle near thy side, Wouldst thou me? And I replied, No, not thee. 
Death will come when thou art dead, soon, too soon. Sleep will come when thou art fled. Of neither would I ask the boon. I ask of thee, beloved night, swift be thine approaching flight. Come soon, soon. From the Arabic. An imitation. My faint spirit was sitting in the light of thy looks, my love. It panted for thee like the hind at noon for the brooks, my love. Thy barb, whose hoofs outspeed the tempest's flight, bore thee far from me. My heart for my weak feet were weary soon did companion thee. Ah, fleeter far than fleetest storm or steed, or the death thy bear, the heart which tender thoughts clothes like a dove with the wings of care. In the battle, in the darkness, in the need, shall mine cling to thee, nor claim on one smile for all the comfort love it may bring to thee. This one is simply called Lines. When the lamp is shattered, the light in the dust lies dead. When the cloud is scattered, the rainbow's glory is shed. When the lute is broken, sweet tones are remembered not. When the lips have spoken, loved accents are soon forgot. As music and splendour survive not the lamp and the lute, the heart's echoes render no song when the spirit is mute. No song but sad dirges like the wine wind through a ruined cell, or the mournful surges that ring the dead seaman's knell. Knell, sorry. When hearts have once mingled, love first leaves the well-built nest. The weak one is singled to endure what it once possessed. O oh, love, who bewailest the frailty of all things here, why choose you the frailest? For your cradle, your home, and your beer, beer. Its passions will rock thee, as the storms rock the ravens on high. Bright reason will mock thee, like the sun from a wintry sky. From thy nest, every rafter will rot, and thine eagle home. Leave thee naked to laughter, when love leaves fall, and cold winds come. Two dash. One word is too often profaned for me to profane it. One feeling too falsely disdained for thee to disdain it. One hope is too like despair for prudence to smother and pity from thee more dear than that from another. I can give not what men call love, but wilt thou accept not. The word, the worship, the heart lifts above, and the heavens reject not. The desire of the moth for the star, of the night for the morrow. The devotion to something afar from the sphere of sorrow. The question. I dreamed that I was, sorry, I dreamed that as I wandered by the way, bare winter suddenly was changed to spring, and gentle odours led my steps astray, mixed with a sound of waters murmuring, murmuring, sorry, along a shelving bank of tough, of Oh my God! Along a shelving bank of turf, which lay under a copse and hardly dared to fling its green arms round the bosom of the stream, but kissed it and then fled, and thou mightest, mightest in dream. There grew pied wind flowers and violets, daisies, those pearled arcturi of the earth, the constellated flower that never sets. Faint ox lips, tender bluebells, at whose birth the sod scarce heaved, and that tall flower that wets, like a child, half in tenderness and mirth, its mother's face with heaven collected tears, when the low wind, its playmate's voice, it hears, and in the warm hedge grew lush egg 
glentine, green cowbind and the moonlight-coloured may, and cherry blossoms and white cups whose wine was the bright dew yet drained not by the day, and wild roses and ivy serpentine, with its dark buds and leaves wandering astray, and flowers azure black and streaked with gold fairer than any wakened eyes behold. And nearer to the river's trembling edge, there grew broad flag flowers, purple pranked with white, and starry river buds among the sedge, and floating water lilies, broad and bright, which lit the oak that overhung the hedge. With moonlight beams of their own watery light, and on bulrushes and reeds of such deep green, as soothes the dazzled eye with sober sheen, methought that of these visionary flowers I made a nosegay bound in such a way, that the same hues which in their natural bowers were mingled or opposed the like array, kept these imprisoned children of the hours within my hand, and then, elate and gay, I hastened to the spot whence I had come, that I might there present it, oh, to whom. Remorse Away the moor is dark beneath the moon, rapid clouds have drunk the last pale beam of even, away the gathering winds will call the darkness soon, and profoundest midnight shroud the serene lights of heaven. Pause not, the time is past, every voice cries away, tempest not with one last tear thy friend's ungentle mood, thy lover's eye, so glazed and cold, dares not entreat thy stay, duty and dereliction guide thee back to solitude. Away, away, to thy sad and silent home. Pour bitter tears on its desolated hearth. Watch the dim shades as like ghosts they go and come, and complicate strange webs of melancholy mirth. The leaves of wasted autumn woods shall float around thine head. The blooms of dewy spring shall gleam beneath thy feet, and thy soul, all this world, must fade in the frost that binds the dead. Ere midnight's frown and morning smile, ere thou and peace may meet. The cloud shadows of midnight possesses their own repose, for the weary winds are silent, or the moon is in the deep. Some respite to its turbulence, unresting ocean knows. Whatever moves or toils or grieves hath its appointed sleep, thou in the grave shall rest, yet till the phantoms flee, which that house and heath and garden may dear to thee erewhile, thy remembrance and repentance and deep musings are not free from the music of two voices and the light of one sweet smile. Music when soft voices die. Music when soft voices die vibrates in the memory. Odours when sweet violets sicken live within the sense they quicken. Rose leaves when the rose is dead are heaped for the beloved's bed. And so thy thoughts, when thou art gone, love itself shall slumber on. And that's, uh, that's our poetry for tonight. Mr. Shelley. Good on you, Mr. Shelley. Um, I'm trying to scroll back up to remember what his name is. Percy Baishi Shelley. Excellent. All right, well, thank you all for listening to that. I'll see you tomorrow.